Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Hello and welcome to Women on the Line, Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Programme. Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. Welcome to Women on the Line, I'm Aoife Cook and this week's guest is Angela Nagel. Angela is a researcher, um, an academic, currently based at the University of Limerick in Ireland. Um, she's a fellow countrywoman, and she's speaking today on her area of expertise, which is anti-feminist internet subcultures. She writes for a number of publications, and she's recently published in the Baffler magazine. She agreed to do this interview at 8 in the morning her time, so thanks to Angela for that, and here's what we spoke about. So why... Initially, did you start reading these websites and what in God's name made you want to spend three or four years of your life exploring some of the darker regions of Internet subcultures? Yeah, uh, that actually pe- people wonder that a lot. But I suppose um, when I started seeing um, uh, what we all now know when we say things like don't feed the trolls or, um, you know, don't read the comments um, I kind of had this impulse where I really had to read the comments, you know, and I, I was really fascinated by the very irrational extreme forms of rage that were there in the comment sections often under the most mundane of topics um but of course when the topic got onto something like feminism it was um you know a thousand times worse uh so i really wanted to get a sense of why exactly are people so angry here and um and then after a while why are they all using similar kinds of slang similar kinds of language and of course, it's because a lot of them were um, on the same kinds of forums. Can you describe maybe quite broadly the landscape of, uh, I'm going to say, online misogyny and maybe tell us about a few of the prominent forums that are out there? OK, so there's there's a whole um, now, you know, just such a huge kind of constellation of sites. Um, there's broadly something called the alt-right, the alternative right, Um then within that you have all the, well, the, the nominally men's rights uh, groups and all the various anti-feminist groups uh, within that. Um, the men's rights groups, I mean, when you hear somebody being called an MRA or a men's rights activist online, it's very unlikely they actually have any men's rights activist credentials. It's very unlikely that they've been involved in, for example, like father's rights you know, it's all very, um, it tends to be a little bit juvenile and, and also very cultural, very, um, um, it's kind of like the, the, the postmodern thing. It's, it's more about culture than politics, really. Mm. Um, so you have um, the, the men's rights groups. You have something like the Red Pill, for example, which is Reddit. It's um, uh, the Red Pill is a reference to the Matrix. So it's all about kind of trying to see the world as it really is. Um, and trying to not be like all these other kind of um, foolish men who go sleepwalking into, um, you know, marriages with untrustworthy women and this kind of thing. Um, And then you have um, 4chan. So 4chan is very important. I mean, its heyday was was quite a few years ago. 
um, it, certainly 4chan B, which is a form, the random board within 4chan. Um, but it, it, it's hugely influential. You couldn't really underestimate its influence on internet culture more broadly. Yeah. Um, people listening have probably all heard of or probably all seen, for example, years ago, Lolcats, which was a little meme with a cat in the middle and it had text at the top and bottom. All the memes that we use now kind of imitate that style. Um, and that that came from 4chan. Uh, the so, hacker group Anonymous came from 4chan. But it also did have, uh, it is, for example, a place where uh, DDoS attacks on feminist websites have been organized. Um, that's distributed denial of service. It just means that um, a, a large group of people go and bombard a website until it shuts down. Just, so the kind of pranking yeah. culture of 4chan has, has um, yeah, often been used against kind of feminist groups. Okay, Elliot Roger um, was somebody who, who recorded a lot of videos of himself and, and wrote uh, a kind of manifesto. And he spoke about uh, my war on women. That was actually his words. And Elliot Roger went on to uh, plot a, a, a kind of a massacre, really, of a sorority house. And he said that he wanted to do it because it was his revenge on women uh, for ignoring him and for... Um, rejecting him sexually. Uh, now, on the day itself, what actually happened was that he couldn't get in to the sorority house. So he ended up shooting people on the street and uh, and until he eventually shot himself and was um, was chased down by police actually before that. Um, Elliot Roger uh, is referred to online sometimes as the supreme gentleman um that's a kind of a, a somewhat knowing reference to the fact that he he spoke about himself in that way hey elliot roger here i'm up in the hills in montecito right now it's truly a beautiful day but as i've always said a beautiful environment is the darkest hell if you have to experience it all alone and sadly, I've been alone for a very long time. Um, so Elliot Roger kind of is important because he became, um, he became well, uh, something a person that was that was really hotly debated. I mean, a lot of, for example, Laurie Penny and many others wrote opinion pieces about it at the time. Um, you know, about his kind of war on women and and his sense of entitlement that he deserved. Um, to to get this kind of attention from women, um, and then also of course he became talked about a lot on on men's rights forums, on the Red Pill, on 4chan, um, and really he just became, yeah, kind of a, a um a way in which people ended up having these very important conversations about, um, that sense of entitlement, um, and uh, that that does kind of tend to pervade these um very um, uh, extreme kind of anti-feminist um, or militantly anti-feminist kind of forums. So in the world of the red pill um, and sort of it's kind of jokingly referred to as the manosphere um, okay. which is the broader group of you know anti-feminists so-called men's rights activists uh, forums. There's also um, uh, for example a a group called uh, Men Going Their Own Way, yeah. uh, which they pronounce MGTOW, which is a separatist uh, uh, kind of culture. It's it's literally about uh, men deciding 
um, no longer to have any interaction with women at all, if possible. Hi, everyone. I thought I'd take some time to share a message to all the women listening to me speak, as well as the women that have yet to hear me out. I'm sure by now, as women, you see men going your own way as a growing threat to your attempts to use men to do your bidding. Men are waking up to our slavery and leaving the plantation that you call marriage. We recognize that our biology compels us to provide and protect for you in return for the opportunity to have kids with you. But now you use the feminist courts to take this away from us. And so many of us are leaving and never coming back. In your increasing attempts to take more and more power away from men, you are all now feminists, every single last one of you. But ironically, it's feminism that will lead to your undoing and eventual downfall. It wasn't enough for you to enslave men by having us labor and toil in the workplace, building roads, building buildings, and all the other materials that you find around you. Instead, you thought that you could be sneaky and convince us to vacuum, wash the dishes, take care of children, in addition to farming the land and building the man-made world. And have you any sense of the numbers involved? It is extremely difficult because a lot of cases, what you're looking at are forums like 4chan, which are completely anonymous. I mean, every user just is called anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like that, I mean, it's it's just incredibly difficult. Um, but say, for example, we can get some sense, you know, the, the influence of 4chan is much greater than the number of people who actually go on there every evening, you know, for mm-hmm. a start. And then there's, you know... Um, there's all the other sites too. It definitely, I mean, I would say it is relatively small groups of obsessives on things like men going their own way. I mean, there aren't, the, you know, it doesn't strike me that, um, like, for example, there. if you look it up on YouTube, there's a number of YouTube channels, and it, but it is the same guys, you know, repeatedly making videos, giving advice to other uh, guys who want to um, go their own way. Um so it is hard to make up the numbers, but for example, um, some of you might have seen uh, Milo Yiannopoulos's campus tour um, that's been going on in recent months. He's been going. Milo Yiannopoulos is is a writer at Breitbart, which is a a conservative uh, American magazine, mm. and Milo Yiannopoulos has been going around college campuses, uh, really challenging kind of feminism essentially. But I suppose. Uh, intersectional feminism or he's you know black lives matter and all kinds of things so he goes there and he kind of offends everyone and the whole crowd gets whipped up into a massive row and you know uh, feminists usually protest but then what you see is that these a really loud booming sound of uh, guys shouting trump 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 starts donald trump Um, yeah. Oh. And that's really interesting because I think this is the kind of moment where all of the stuff I've been looking at for years, which is weird and small and subcultural and people think, oh, it's just a few weird people on the Internet, has sort of started leaking into the mainstream in a big way uh, because there's a direct line now between Donald Trump and these what would have been considered small, insignificant internet forums, uh, you know, and, and Milo Yiannopoulos is kind of the link, I would say, in yeah. a way. Um, he, he makes references to these things. Every, everyone, people, when people ask questions from the audience, they know what the alt-right is, they know 4chan, they know all this kind of stuff. And and the kind of stuff that I'm looking at is really his bread and butter. Mm. Um, and But he's a Trump supporter, you know, um, and, and they all seem to be. I mean, would you have a sense of whether the, the, you know, the people involved share many characteristics, but in terms of, you know, who these people are? 
Well, I think the fact that a lot of this, uh, what I'm really interested in is the fact that so much of it has sprung from a very geeky kind of culture. Yeah. Um, like in the past, we tended to think of, um, you know, we might have associated kind of a- uh, anti-feminist uh, or sort of militant anti-feminist um, cultural politics with kind of jocks and macho kind of culture uh, and stuff like that. So I think it's really interesting that the space that has really um, defined the whole kind, this whole culture that I'm talking about is uh, very geeky and actually very kind of gender fluid, if you like, yeah. in the sense that uh, 4chan, is, 4chan is in no way a kind of conservative or, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't have the kind of anti-feminist politics of the past, which were typically about the family, uh, anti-abortion and so on. 4chan has very libertine kind of nihilistic politics and um, and in terms of gender, it, it's gender fluid in the sense that, you know, it can kind of encapsulate or it, it can take in things like My Little Male, My Little Pony fans and, um, uh, and there's loads of uh, gay and bisexual porn on there. There's loads of discussion of same-sex attraction among men. Um, you know, it, it's they they also call like refer to each other as beta males or or you know they they refer to men who are not dominant uh, as beta males you're listening to women on the line produced from 3cr in melbourne and this week's guest angela nagel who speaks on the murky world of anti-feminist internet subcultures in your recent piece in the american online magazine the baffler you describe this idea of the beta uprising in detail. Can you explain what the term means and, and really what's going on? Well, as with all things on 4chan, um, there's a tone that is used that is a, a kind of a joking, ironic tone. Um, but the problem, I would say, is that they also mean it. And that was kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about. So when you try to talk about something that is going on on 4chan, they always say, oh, you don't get it, it's a joke. Um, but what I was writing about was um, situations where the, 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 the so-called jokes on 4chan actually turned into, you know, real life um, uh, killings, uh, real life violence. So I talked about um, uh, Elliot Roger, who I men- mentioned earlier, and uh, another killer called Harper Mercer, who also, um, well, th- 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 there's a very good chance it's believed that he had actually posted on 4chan just warning that he was going to do the shooting uh, before the shooting happened. Um, there's not absolute confirmation of that. Uh, then after that on 4chan B, after these shootings happened, they uh, describe them as uh, like the beta rebellion uh, or the beta uprising on, on 4chan. And they were really celebrating these shootings as a great thing because they were beta males kind of fighting back. Um, and it's beta males fighting back against the women who are not sexually available to them, the women who reject them. Uh, then also, I guess, the jocks and the kind of popular kids. Um, so I thought that was interesting in that um, they were actually recognizing quite proudly the link between real violence, um, typically against women, um, and and these kind of forums. Um, if you draw the connection, people say, "Oh, you're being puritanical. You're, you know, overreaching kind of." Um, but but they're quite happy to do it themselves. Actually, they're quite proud to be associated with these kind of mass shootings. 
So, so can you tell us what the term beta is in the beta uprising? I think what they're actually going for is omega, but but they say beta, so they they mean um, a man who is um, uh, not masculine, who is um, you know kind of small, uh, not physically imposing. Um, that kind of thing. So, so not not macho, not masculine. And the it contrast also, with alpha, of course, the alpha, yeah, the exactly. idea of the alpha yeah. male. And this feeds into also they have a very um, uh, kind of a social Darwinist view of the world. Mm. So they're big into the idea that uh, women have a kind of evolutionary drive to um, be attracted to violent uh, macho guys. And this explains why they're not getting laid. <laughs> uh, rather than in many cases, you know, the, I, I, I loved the um, Nice Guys of OK Cupid um, uh, Tumblr that was around there years ago. I'm sure it still is, uh, which was all about this phenomenon where these kind of beta males um, have all of these kind of elaborate uh, Darwinian theories to explain their lack of success with, with women, but it never dawns on them that the fact that they absolutely hate and loathe women uh, might be a part of the problem. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, you ladies are just a bunch of wannabe men. You wish you could live up to the strength and capacities of masculinity, but you can, you're just wannabe men. Even down to our muscles, down to our functional strength, down to the, the way, the functional equipment between our legs, down to taking a piss. We have this penis that we can just whoop out and pee standing up, but you little ladies, you little ladies have to sit down and tinkle like little princesses. You have to sit down so you can tinkle like little princesses, okay? And how does that fit then with, you know, what you've seen is also kind of a um, acceptance maybe of of queerness or some kind of some kind of gen gender new ideas around gender? How does that fit together, or is it is it just as is it just confusing and it doesn't make any sense? I'm still kind of figuring it out. I mean, maybe some of this wouldn't be shocking to to somebody who's 19. You know what I mean? Who 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 has grown up maybe in in um, in a culture where uh, kind of ideas of gender fluidity are very influential, um, and and maybe it is partly an age thing or something like that. Because I do find when I talk to people about this, younger people seem less baffled by the seeming contradiction of the very extreme misogyny and and, and militant anti-feminism and kind of mixing with this very gender fluid politics. But mm. in the past, we would have always thought, and certainly, um, you know, academic writers, for example, who theorize masculinity tended to think um, that gender fluidity among men was a kind of antidote to uh, traditional macho ideas about maleness um that we're all you know that that for example you know uh, we're all about kind of you prove your masculinity through not showing your feelings and even violence and war and things like that um <clears throat> and so we kind of always thought or, or certainly those who theorize masculinity tended to think that if men were becoming less traditionally masculine that this was a step forward or that this was necessarily progressive Mm. Um, and so it's interesting to see now that in an 
in a kind of moment where where gender fluidity is talked about a great deal and is kind of celebrated in a lot of very mainstream kind of uh, platforms, even like Facebook, for example, in some countries offering a lot of different gender identity options. It's interesting that the really militant anti-feminism online is actually coming from these very gender fluid kind of cultures. I mean, it sounds like your central arguments and contribution to the feminist um, analysis or understanding of these issues is that the world of beta males is is almost a new strain of misogyny, if that's fair enough. And this seems to be a challenge to some prominent feminist thinkers who regard this online world as the same old, same old, using different technology. Would that be fair to say that it sounds like you've come up against other feminist thinkers with this? Yeah, that's right. Um, the the uh, You know, I looked, obviously, when I was writing the PhD, I looked for feminist writing on on um, misogyny online and pretty much all of it. I mean, I, I can't think of an exception. All of it was saying, um, you know, all of it started off with a kind of a cyber utopian kind of perspective. So the idea would be that, you know, the Internet is an inherently democratic, non-hierarchical uh, space, you know, that flattens flattens hierarchies and it gives everyone a voice and so on so all very kind of cyber utopian stuff and because they start out from that perspective they they say well yes there's misogyny online and and this is a problem because it's 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 old-fashioned ideas anachronistically kind of showing up on what should be this really utopian brilliant uh space um and that's actually really i think that's kind of what got me interested in this whole thing to begin with because i was seeing that analysis popping up and then I was seeing no actually what's happening here is something different it's something new um you know I mean there's no comparison between a guy who goes on 4chan to share you know um really hardcore and very gender fluid kind of pornography and you know um like Peter Hitchens or some some conservative who thinks we should return to the nuclear family and you know, have good manners and, uh, and, you know, go to mass every weekend. You know what I mean? The, the, so to me, I was thinking these just aren't the same thing. Yeah. Um, there's something profoundly different about them. Um, so just as an example, um, with the academic names, um, um, I, I would struggle to think of them off the top of my head. But for example, Laurie Penny, who's quite a major um, uh, kind of a columnist and public commentator um, and, um, you know, sort of big on Twitter, um, she has said she wrote a book called Cybersexism. It was an ebook for Bloomsbury, um, and and she kind of repeated that idea quite a bit actually. Um, mm. And I could see that she wasn't really able to square these things because to me it seemed like, on the one hand, she was recognizing that this misogyny isn't coming from the same old sources. It's coming from really weird, geeky subcultures. Um, but then on the other hand, when it came to theorizing it, she was saying, "Oh, this is just the old." traditional kind of ideas about gender breaking through um and every time one of these shootings for example happens that is linked to these kind of online cultures you'll find an article or several even in mainstream publications saying masculinity is the problem this is an expression of masculinity and they don't realize that that the spaces that they're talking about actually are kind of anti-alpha male in lots of ways they're they're very hostile to you know jocks and 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 any kind of traditional ideas about masculinity in a lot of cases where do you think lies the most useful challenge 
It's a very hard one to say. I'm a little bit worried about the the censorship angle. I kind of, when I started the PhD, I would have been much more sympathetic to it. Um, as in, although I wouldn't have approved of state censorship, I would have argued for, for example, private companies, companies, social media companies will say, doing more to um, to stop this kind of stuff from happening. Um, now I'm a bit more skeptical of that because I think, it's extremely difficult to actually uh, regulate these things. Mm. And often what happens is in the process, you end up making the case for types of regulation that are actually going to be used much uh, better by uh, Erdogan and Turkey or, you know, um, whoever it might be. I would be wary of making any kind of case for for kind of a censorship angle online. Um, I wouldn't actually. I would be I would oppose it, in fact. Back then, I didn't realise, I didn't know the the dress code of a feminist. I mean, there are some that, you know, that go through the cracks and, you know, you, you probably can't tell by the way they dress, walk, talk, etc. I mean, even body language is very important as well. But when you start to, you know, peep the game and, and, and realise how all of this works, you will see. What role do you think these forums are playing in the lives of these guys and you know are they all young men and it's a hobby or is it a place to let off steam or you know is the role of it that it is a much deeper a more dangerous breeding ground for misogynistic ideologies amongst kind of a, a minority more hardcore group I'd say it's the latter I mean I'm sure there are lots of people who just go and browse these things and kind of you know um dip into them but there are also plenty of of uh guys who on there who are you know absolutely obsessed and you know i think the fact that it's kind of a bit of an american phenomenon is important too because the in the kind of dating world there is a concentration of of sexual opportunity among men that is greater than it is among women right so in other words based on what people say in surveys and so on there are a smaller group of men uh, having more sex, right? And there are, a, whereas with women, the number is more average. Yeah. As in the number of people in, that a woman has slept with is more average. Whereas with men, it's more concentrated among a small group of men. And I can't help but think that is an influence on things as well. Why is that concentration greater in America um, than it is elsewhere? Um, I think that's a question worth looking into. And it does strike me, I mean, you know that you know america i think does i mean i was actually born in america and, and i was there as a child um mm. uh, america does have a much more competitive kind of social culture i mean i don't wish to kind of make excuses for these guys but they're they're trying and 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 with great frustration to make sense of a world in which they in which there's a kind of a real sexual hierarchy that they're experiencing and unfortunately for them they're they're more or less at the bottom with it's not you know something that their their egos can really take in and so they try to come up with all these kind of you know discredited darwinian uh, social darwinian rather uh, theories about why this might be so we're not we're not saying i assume that you know the lack of sex is leading to this level of misogyny no, but I think it's the backdrop. It's the kind of social context that you would have to take into account. You know, and the high school shootings, I mean, obviously the availability of guns is the main thing there, but there's something else there as well. I mean, I do think there is a really intensely competitive 
environment uh, in kind of American culture, uh, the kind of free marketeers are always celebrated. But but I think it does have these ugly manifestations too, where when people find themselves not only at the bottom of the hierarchy, but just not even in the game, kind of not even, you know, able to assert themselves in any way economically, you know, sexually, uh, socially, uh, and they find themselves in this deeply competitive culture and they find it dehumanizing. But the problem is they're not a, they, they, they could express that in all kinds of ways. They could be more critical of the uh, hyper competitive kind of free market ideology. They could be more critical of, um, you know, they could argue for, you know, a, a kind of a, a kinder society or a better society or a less competitive, brutal kind of society. But in t- instead, this is kind of the form that it takes. Mm. So it's not that I'm saying, you know, that there's that I'm giving a reason or an excuse maybe for, for why they're doing it. But I'm just saying I can see that there are things that actually we should be critical of, you know, that that, that they're they're in some way taking in. But they're but it's coming out the other side as this really, really hideous ideology. I mean, I actually think when it comes to the internet, I think the whoever is is making the best memes tends to tends to be winning. Um, I know that's not very edifying kind of thought, but but for example, there was a, a, a time there for a little while where the kind of memes that fe- like that feminists were producing about these guys were absolutely hilarious. Um, so, for example, the the nice guys of OKCupid thing was absolutely ingenious. It was so insightful about a type, a personality type that women who were using, you know, dating sites were seeing all the time, you know, and it was it it was better than a million academic essays at actually pointing out the contradiction to these guys, you know, just just in case anyone hasn't seen it, nice guys will um okay Cupid would pick out guys who had a profile on there who were saying, you know, I'm a really nice guy, um, you know, that's why I don't get all the girls and you know, um, if you like nice guys, you'll pick me kind of thing. And then later on in their profile, you know, they'd be asked something like, uh, would you ever date someone who was, uh, you know, not a size eight or some, or, you know, and they'd say no, like, so they, they, they had this kind of self-conception as being nice guys and as being kind of beta males as well. Um, but then, um, they, they, when it came down to it, they actually had, attitudes that were just as sexist as any kind of like you know fraternity boy stereotype the whole idea of these guys as being neckbeards for example guys who you know have facial hair on their neck to be very literal about it and but it's meant to imply a certain kind of guy a trolly kind of guy who lurks around in in forums and you know thinks he's kind of Nietzsche or something um (laughs) But, uh, you know, has all these, um, you know, these really sexist attitudes and uh, tends to um, be very patronizing to other people and to women specifically. So I think that kind of witty, really clever, technology savvy kind of stuff is absolutely brilliant. Um, Mm. And I would I definitely wouldn't underestimate the power of that. Some of it's quite cruel, but unfortunately, um, when when you know faced with these kind of cultures sometimes you have to be a little bit cruel back women on the line is community radio's national women's current affairs program 
It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with funding support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Latique. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line.